Hey everybody, welcome back to the Brand and Beyond podcast. Your host Chris, joined as always by my co-host Peace. And today we have a very, very lovely episode for everyone out here. We are joined with the Director of Partner Engagement at Rewriting the Code, the one and only Nicole Wright. Nicole, welcome to the show. How are you feeling today? What a fun intro. We just need some like cheers or something in the background. I love <laughs> it. Um, I'm doing really well. I really appreciate you having me on and I'm excited to see where our discussion leads us. It's going to be fun. Yes, likewise. Very excited. If you could, for the audience, can you give them a brief background about yourself and a little bit more about what you guys do at Rewriting the Code? Yeah, absolutely. So just kind of high level and and maybe this, some of my background will like lead into some of our discussion today too. I won't go too in depth of my intro because it's just an intro, but um, maybe it will take us somewhere. So I've been in the HR space for close to a decade and then like the last six and a half years, I worked in recruiting and then specifically university recruiting. And I worked for two different tech companies. So one was a Fortune 500. The other was like a private late stage startup. Really love working with early career talent. Felt really connected to like the Gen Z population. And then a few months back this past April, I got the opportunity to take on a new role, like you had mentioned, um, at a nonprofit called Rewriting the Code. And so my role here is I'm the director of partner engagement. And at Rewriting the Code, our mission is to support and empower uh, college and early career women in tech. And we do that by building communities, mentorship, providing them with connection to industry partners so they get industry opportunities and experience and also educational resources so we can really build up this next generation of engineers and tech leaders. And then my specific role as partner engagement is I work closely with our industry and corporate partners to help them maximize their partnership. So how are we uplifting our partners? How are we getting them engaged with our community? And then likewise, likewise how am I able to connect our community of women to our industry partner? So it's a little bit about what I do. Um, when I went to college, though, I never thought about recruiting or like being in the tech space. I actually went to college for um, film production, which, you know, looking back, I probably did not need a degree for, but it was a really good experience and I wouldn't trade it for anything. So just like a really crazy turn of events led me into HR. It's kind of completely by accident, but it ended up being like one of the best things. So yeah, that's a little bit about me. Beautiful. I mean, you mentioned earlier that the later stage of the decade working within the HR, you've been dealing with the younger generation stepping mm -hmm. into the workforce, Gen Z, millennials. We all know Gen Z is completely different from what the baby boomers were expecting stepping into yeah. the workforce. What have you seen throughout the years in your career with the demands and requests and the type of personnel? Yeah, I think what's interesting is seen is a lot of the like when I say older research, I'm gonna say like 2018, 2019. It talks a lot about like what Gen Z is looking for and how, um, you know, they care a lot about feeling included, like diversity initiatives, all that's really important. They also care a lot about like stability because a lot of them have seen their parents lose their homes in the Great Recession. They've seen like older siblings saddled with like student loan debt. And so they don't want that experience to be their experience. So I think what's interesting, and, and I think it's kind of a misconception, but kind of truth at the same time, is they're like, oh, Gen Z just like wants to, you know, get to point Z right away and they want all the things. It, but that's actually not true. It's like they just don't want to be in a mountain of debt like their parents and their siblings. 
and they want to find the most efficient way to get to where they want to be. I feel like most this again, a lot of stuff we talk about when we say Gen Z is like very kind of puts them into stereotypes. And, and obviously like Gen Z is like very individualistic and they like care a lot about being able to express themselves and not necessarily fit into a box. So this is more just like generally like trends that we see, not trying to say that like individuality is not important. Um, but I think, again, they care a lot about feeling like they're financially stable. And so while working for a company where they're feeling like they're making a social, like social impact or they're doing something really good or they're connecting with the mission values, that's ingrained in them. So they're expecting that from the workplace, but they also really want to be financially stable. So something that's really interesting in the last few years is COVID really disrupted Gen Z in school. It disrupted their education. So where they might have thought like, hey, I get to go have this cool traditional college experience. I get to like hang out with friends. They did not have that. So if we're thinking about our college experience, we're like, oh yeah, I got to go on campus and I got to go to like the cafeteria and I got to like go to events. Most of them didn't have that. They had to sit at home on their computer for eight hours getting their education and with like no interaction at all. So they're really craving like in-person experiences and in-person interactions. Whereas like older generations, um, all of them, I guess, quite frankly, is like we've been in the workplace for a long time. We've already had all of those interactions. We feel pretty comfortable with like working as a team or working independently. So we're like, we don't really have to go to the office if we don't want to. Like we have families, like we can split our time. Gen Z doesn't have that. They're like, no, I want to be in the office. Like they want flexibility, but they want that in-person experience too. So I think that's going to be like a really interesting dynamic play out in the workplace. Like how do we create these in-person experiences to really help like Gen Z, but also like give flexibility to those that are a little bit older that like want to stay home. Um, and even Gen Z wants some flexibility too. I think that's another thing that might be a little bit different than like older generations um we're like they're like oh yeah nine to five this is like a traditional work setting I think what's cool about Gen Z is like they want to disrupt like what's traditionally done because they're like is this the most efficient way like what why can't we do it differently like why can't I show up maybe at 10 get as much work done as I can and then at four I can leave like let's just get the work done so I think in a good way they're asking questions and trying to get companies and leadership to like rethink like why are we doing it this way and can it be done more efficiently what are how would you rank the desires and needs when gen z even maybe you could even touch on some millennials when they're stepping into the workforce are, have you seen any trends that have been consistent in terms of they typically want a b and c and that mm. tends to be the bulk load of yeah from that group of candidates i think um probably similar yeah between gen z and millennials is they want to know how they fit into the workplace and they want to know how they can grow both professionally and personally and so i know there's been studies or articles that saying like oh gen z is like quiet quitting and all of this stuff that could be but really what's happening is like they're not understanding or they're not given the opportunities to show like how they matter in the workplace or like what their career path is like. And so for them, and I think you'll see this with millennials too. Um, it's like, well, if I can't grow here or there's no path for me, then I'm going to find a place that's meeting my needs somewhere else. 
So I think what's important for employers to know just going forward, and this really could be for any generation, but I think you're right, Gen Z millennials in particular, is transparency is going to be really important and just letting them know where your company's at and what kind of growth opportunities or do you have internal mobility practices or like if you don't have that, do you have professional development um, and letting, you know, these folks know like where they fit in going forward um, because here's what's what's cool is I think sometimes employers shy away from like saying all the things about the workplace, positive and negative, right? But if you're not transparent, you're setting up your new candidates or your new employees with like false expectations and they're going to leave and it's going to cost you more money to like rehire somebody else. So if you can lay it all out and say like, hey, you know what? We don't have internal mobility, um, but this is what we do for growth. Like being as transparent as possible. And then that way, you're setting up the candidates or the future employees for success. And then you're not going to have that like attrition that happens so quickly. I think you brought a really interesting point. So you mentioned earlier uh, career development, right? Understanding that there's yeah. some contradictory I could hop on as I position myself in whatever department within a company. And you mentioned how they're very mission driven and essentially mm -hmm. culture driven in a way. They want yeah. to know what the values are, transparency. What are we standing for in yeah. the world of whatever industry or market the company that they're working for is in. How, on the contrast, what have you seen that's different from what, let's say, the baby boomers have been dealing with? Because I would like to assume maybe 20, 30 years ago, they weren't talking about growth and values mm. and culture. Maybe they were more concerned with stability and compensation and, and yeah. benefits. Uh, talk a little bit about that dichotomy that you've noticed. Well, what's interesting is... Um... Because I, 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 I just read this in an article recently, and I really loved it. So I want to bring it up. Is I think a lot of times when we talk about the different generations in the workplace, we talk about the differences, but we forget to like look at where there's similarities so that we can bring it together and it become a little bit more like cohesive and more harmonious. So you're right, there are differences, and I think um, I think it's with the baby boomer generation. I'm trying to remember. Yeah, I think it's a bit like it's more transactional and they're like, okay, I'm just going to like clock in at nine, clock out at five. I get my paycheck. I go home. Um, and then they're having like a life outside of work and they're just, you know, this is kind of like a paycheck. Right. And then I think with millennials and even probably Gen Xers too, you'll see um, a little bit more like, hey, like I'm really I, I, I'm spending eight hours a day or so. I want this to have meaning. This is kind of like a part of me. And there's not this like specific, like, um, what's the word? Um, like boundaries. Like it's very much like some of these people can be like my family in the workplace. And um, I, my, it, it's like not two separate things, right? It's like your whole person is showing up for work. And again, yeah, you care a lot about Am I making a difference? Am I connecting with like the mission? Is my company standing up for like what I believe in? Um, and 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 Gen Z too is like that. But what's interesting about Gen Z, where I think they probably you'll see some similarities with like a little bit older generations, is they still care about like the paycheck and the benefit. So there is a little bit of a transactional nature with Gen Z that might be different than millennials in some way. Because what this is more anecdotal, but I'll just share like. At my last job, I worked really closely. Um, I was a mentor to um, some employees that were Gen Z. They're so sweet and cute. I love them. I still talk to them. And um, some things that we we talked about, like, hey, like, what are you seeing um, 
in like kind of your generation and so, so this is anecdotal because I haven't like seen like a report on this necessarily but this is what I've been talking about with like co-workers so my Gen Z counterpart she's like yeah this is this is great like I love the mission of values but I also just like want to do my job do it well get competent and go home and hang out with my friends so I am seeing like some similarities with like older generations with like I just expect my place of work to like kind of reflect my values but I also just kind of want to like get in get out do my job whereas like as a millennial me I'm like oh let's have a bunch of meetings and let's collaborate and then my coworkers like actually Gen Z coworkers like actually can we just like not have a meeting and just like do the work and go home and so it's just kind of funny because I think that's something that I think employers are going to have to grapple with whereas millennials who came in like we need to have a lot of meetings and we need to collaborate and I think we might be seeing some of the Gen Z like let's have one meeting do all our work and then come back later and we'll like make sure we did it right so it's just some interesting dynamics, but I think it's going to make the workplace better, honestly. So something that's really interesting is obviously you've seen with your experiences, like subtle difference between millennials Gen and Gen Z and et cetera, specifically Gen Z though. Are there any practices that companies should be using or thinking about when dealing with Gen Zers, right? Making sure they're fulfilled, engaged, things of that nature, things that you've just seen worked really effectively so far, because again, they're going to start dominating the workforce very soon. Yeah. Okay. So something that I, I just read this to you recently, and I loved what this had to say. And I've actually noticed this when I was at my last company, because um, I would manage our intern program. And we had to think about how are we building this program for this next generation of students? How are we making sure that like they're satisfied, they're they're doing a good job? So some things that stand out to me that is really important. One, they need to understand how their work either is making a difference in the world or connected to the company's like mission, values, and goals. So something I would tell managers all the time is like, please continue to remind them like how their work is important, what their work is like contributing towards, and just like continue to remind them of that. That's going to be really important. And I would hear year over year our interns feeling really fulfilled with their work and um, really satisfied because they could actually see how their work was making a difference. The other thing is if you think about students, like when you're in school or like high school, college, you have like a syllabus for every class and it kind of lays out what's happening for the whole year or for the month. So if you can provide that structure as they're starting, it's going to be really important they want to know like what's expected of them. Also, I think probably more than other generations are very vocal about wanting feedback because they want to, I think this is like probably related to a lot of things. I don't know, like social media where, you know, they've never grown up without technology. They never grown up without a phone. They never really grew, grew up without social media. So if you think about social media, like you could get instant likes or kind of like instant feedback on yourself, so to speak. So Gen Z is going to want like more feedback on what they're doing. They want to know that they're doing a good job. I think millennials too, they really appreciate. I think as a millennial, like if I get like negative feedback, so to speak, or criticism, like for a long time, was, I, I would take it really personally. I'd be really sensitive. Um, I had to learn to like not like kind of separate myself from it and really focus on like, oh, this is going to help me do better. I think Gen Z kind of doesn't care about like whether it's feel good or not. They just want constructive feedback so they can reach whatever point it is that they're trying to reach. 
I like that. So practices, as you mentioned, revolving around feedback, expectations, but things like that, as I guess we all know and our listeners know, is not something that a company can just implement on, on the mm. spot. It has to be sustained and grown yeah. and seasoned through their culture. There has yeah. to be something that's already instilled. How would you describe the value of culture to Gen Z when stepping in the workforce? What are some cultural things that need to be already in place? What are some non-negotiables that they're not mm. uh, usually flexible in dealing with when it comes to culture? Well, I'll say this. Like, I think Gen Z, depending on the person, could be okay going into a company that doesn't have that structure there. But you're going to have to know they're going to want to build that for you. And so are you going to give them permission to do that? Um, I think what's also interesting, and, and I hope this isn't off topic, but it just came to mind um, that I was I was reading about. And, and this kind of goes back to the soft skills that we were talking about. But one thing that Gen Z, not everybody, just kind of high level generally, needs a reminder of is like ownership mentality. So, you know, when you're in school, whether high school or college, you're doing things for a grade and then you're moving on. And so sometimes like when they get into the workforce, they forget like this isn't for a grade, like you're not going to be following the specific formula or textbook, like you're going to be responding to the real world. So making sure they feel comfortable responding or like take making a decision and knowing that like, this is something I hear a lot um, from like interns and students. And this is feedback. Okay. So this is something that managers can do to like get to that point is they can remind like early career talent that you can't let perfection get in the way of progress because I think what happens is you know Gen Z or like we're entering the workforce and they're like I have to make this perfect and they're like having this like I need to get an A or I need to make this like exactly perfect forgetting that like that's not exactly how things work in the real world you're making decisions based on like as much information that's available to you and multiple decisions can be right so how do you get them to a place where they feel comfortable taking ownership in the decision decision that they're making and not paralyzing themselves with trying to think like they have to be perfect or 100% right because there's so many ways things can go. Um, but I think in terms going back to the specific question about non-negotiables, I think really, again, it's just going to come down to transparency, I believe, and um, also leadership or and managers willing to like adapt like have adaptability and flexibility. So if you come in and you're saying, this is how it is, and this is the way it's going to be done, that's going to be, I think, the biggest challenge with like this generation is their whole thing is disrupting like what's tradition or like asking questions or curious. So being able to like, know like they're going to have to ask you questions. And as long as they know why you're doing something a certain way, then that could be okay. But like, if you're not flexible or you can't be adaptable, like, I think that's when you'll see um, issues or like quick attrition. Um, Cause I think, and the other thing too is, um, you know, Gen Z is expecting the workplace that they join to kind of like mirror their values. But the thing is, I wouldn't say a company needs to change their whole culture or values 
in anticipation for Gen Z. I think they just need to be clear with Gen Z of what their mission and values are. And then Gen Z can decide if that's the right like workplace for them. Have you seen this practice being uh, accepted by companies based on the history and your dealings with universities and the requests? Yeah. Well, what's interesting is um, a company I used to work for, I won't name names. Um, they were going out and kind of like, I don't think it was intentional. I don't know. Um, but they were kind of misrepresenting a certain role that they had. And they tried to make it seem like really great, right? Like, oh, you're saving the world one call at a time. Like, that's not exactly what they said, but that was like the vibe. And so then when the students like came into the role, like this is nothing like what I thought it was going to be. Yeah, the company has great like culture and like mission values, but like the role itself is not what I signed up for because it was misrepresented. And so what ended up happening is like a ton of them left. They just up and left like months into the job. And so the company had to then sit down and go, what did we do wrong? And like, how do we prevent this? Because a very costly mistake when you have that much of attrition that have to go back out and refill all those roles. So I think sometimes companies are just going to have to learn from the mistakes. Like they might have a role or they might have an interview process where they don't feel comfortable sharing, you know, like the highs and lows of the company. They only share the highs. And then if it's not what Gen Z is expecting, they're not going to just stick it out for two years. They're going to be like, this isn't for me. I'm going to bounce. And so that will be a costly mistake. So I think it's like companies, if they don't want to like preemptively, like be transparent, make a change, they will eventually have to, because they're going to like lose out on talent and they're going to have to rehire and it's going to be expensive. So I think like, if there is one thing that companies can do, like, if you can practice a culture of transparency or like realize like it's okay if a candidate says no to you that just means they're not the right one for you and just kind of get into that mentality of like if we're transparent the right people are going to come to the right role um i think that will be key otherwise yeah it's just going to be a costly learning experience i think you brought up a really valid point i think a lot of even not only gen z millennials but as well as baby boomer baby boomers mm -hmm. and gen x no one really appreciates you know, the copy and paste of a job role or the copy and paste of, oh, what our values or culture are. Because eventually when I step foot in that organization, I'm going to see it for myself. And it leaves a bad mm -hmm. taste in the mouth of the candidate as well as the, the reputation of the company. Yeah. So with that being said, how important is branding when it comes mm -hmm. down to a company and what they're actually showcasing themselves to be? You know, you yeah. never want someone to step in and realize you lied to me. So what advice or what are your thoughts around branding uh, with companies when they're trying to attract candidates and it could be about gen z millennials or even yeah. the nexters or baby boomers yeah that's so great i think you'll see a lot of companies responding to that now like you'll see roles in like talent attraction or talent brand or employer brand um because it is really important and it but here's the thing about it you have to be careful because sometimes you'll see this really awesome employer brand where they'll say on their website and i've, I've heard students talk about this like just working at Rear in the Code and I'll hear this from our members, like they'll see this great values like listed on the website and they're like, yeah, we care about like diversity in all its forms. And then they get there and they're like, wait a second, like there's no one that's like diverse, like in leadership. They all have the same thought process. Like they can, their brand was great, but then when we got here, it wasn't reflecting what was actually happening. So I think um, like employer brand or talent brand, 
it really should happen organically. And then you'd have to find a way to like really tell your story and, and, um, and find ways that resonate with Gen Z, but it takes time. It's not something that you can do overnight because a lot of times, like, I guess there's two things you can think about. There's two routes you can go. You can do it organically and really create such a great culture that word of mouth employees are then talking to their networks. Like you have to work at this company. It's awesome. That takes time, um, but it can happen. The other way is like, you just have to throw a bunch of money at it. Um, but if you do that, you have to be in a place where you can do that. Like, I think the bigger companies have it a little bit easier because they can just spend like millions of dollars on like getting their name out there. Um, but it doesn't necessarily mean that like word of mouth, like this company is so great. Um, but I, I've kind of seen it done both ways. Brand is important. I think especially to Gen Z or people who are like constantly online because they're like seeing it show up like in their social media feeds or, you know, they're hearing about it from their friends. So, but I really think I'm going to go back to it. I think the word that it really comes down to is like transparency. Um, and like, at least for me, that was super important. Like as I continue to like decide how to navigate my career, that's what leads me to like my roles is transparency. And I think one thing to note though, like the bigger the company is, um, and once the company goes public, there's going to be less of that, um, because of like, SEC rules or whatever the case may be like there are certain things like they like leadership just won't tell you and you just have to decide like is that okay and like can I still get the branding or like, can I still get the culture I need from like other resources like employee resource groups or the team you're on so I think it just kind of depends but regardless like I think it goes back to transparency and companies trying to be as transparent as they can if you can I mean I like what you said towards the end like it's typically the bigger companies that have the most resources to broadcast their brand and yeah. broadcast what's happening internally. But at the same time, the larger you get, the more restrictions can be available, whether you're going public and now, hey, we can't yeah. talk about this. We can't talk about this. What's the balance, right? What's the balance for a company when dealing with their brand and their culture? And how should candidates respond, especially this up and coming mm. generation where those things are the most important to them? Yeah, I think you're right. I think... Um like in larger companies where transparency is a little bit harder depending on like different, you know, like shareholder things or, you know, different rules, like if they're, you know, have to be SOC 2 compliant or whatever the case may be. Um, I think as long as maybe there's ways for like their direct teams to provide as much transparency as possible. So managers going, hey, like, this is what I know right now, or like, this is where we're trying to go. So just at least being transparent with like, key goals, like your career journey, what like feedback, like, you can be transparent there, that's going to be important. Um, and also honesty. So if you feel like you have certain goals that you're not meeting, whatever those may be, um, being honest about it and saying like, hey, you know what? I know that like this area in our company is not great, but these are the steps we're taking to improve it. And this is what we're committed to doing. I, I think that's one way you can still practice like transparency and honesty. And that's going to resonate with candidates because yeah, at, like smaller companies, you can be privy to all the information. Um, but I think it's just important for candidates to know where the company's at. Um, because like some people want to be in a big company because they want like that brand on their resume or they want that experience of like being part of a company that has all these processes built out. That's, that's going to be cool. Um, but then maybe you're like, Hey, I went to a big company and 
I learned all the things and now I want to like take what I learned there and come to a small company and help them build all the processes that they don't have. So I think, um, yeah, I, I think it really just, again, like I keep harping on the word and I'm probably going to be annoyed at myself for doing it, but. Transparency, that, transparency, transparency. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, you mentioned, I, I like what you said earlier, you joked about it, but you know, the, excuse me, the attention span to a lot of Gen Z and even mm -hmm. other generations is very minuscule. How does, how do you suggest companies can still leverage their culture and their brand mm -hmm. to a, a body of individuals where the attention span is so, yeah. so minuscule? What can you do to almost provide just enough information about what's going on internally in a yeah. nice condensed way to where it's like, hey, we know you're not going to listen to this five-hour podcast series, but here are nice condensed information pieces that yeah. could still sell on, sell you on who we are. Yeah, actually, um, I was just attending this workshop with other like university kind of recruiting folks. And something that came up, I think is really great. So if you're an employee and you're like, hey, we're trying to attract some new talent. If you're creating opportunities that are interactive, that's going to be really key. So like, there's two things. One, if you can have in-person experiences where they get to come meet new people, maybe it's like a speed networking round, which would be really fun. So it's like, maybe five minutes of meeting new people. And then you're kind of almost like a speed dating, but speed networking. That could be really fun. Um, if they're virtual opportunities, you're going to have to find ways to keep it interactive or like gamify whatever you're doing. So if there's like prizes involved or you're like calling on the audience um, and like letting them know like, hey, what I'm saying right now, we're going to have like a quiz, like something where they're like feeling invested and they're going to like want to participate or want to listen that that's great um the other thing i've seen companies do some companies do really well it kind of goes back to this like tiktok or like youtube short kind of feel um i've, I've seen one company in particular do it i used to have a friend that worked there and they would have um i think they they actually had a tiktok channel but they would have someone go around and like do these like little mini interviews with the mini mic of like their employees and like have them say like a short clip and then they post it online. I think that was really fun because it's like saying something about the company. It's kind of tongue in cheek, but you get a, a feel for like the environment and the culture. And it's like, you know, less than 30 seconds. So if you're trying to do things online, I think you can incorporate like short videos or even like icons. So something I really like is when companies do those like graphic, like it's a, it almost looks like they're trying to say something like they'll have a picture with like a quick graphic, like an infographic, but like making things like really digestible and like it's in one like box, right? Or like you can scroll through and see a few. I think that's going to be um, something you can utilize that's fun and, and um, kind of holds their attention. I don't know if this is just me. I feel like this is a lot of people, but I like watching videos with like captions. I mean, this is also accessible too. But like sometimes I don't want to hear it. I just want to read it on the screen. So I think if you can like if you're having videos, like making sure there's like closed captioning. I mean, again, that's also just for accessibility. That's going to be key. But I think that's like something they can do, too. Well, Nicole, uh, I think those are so many great ways to attract Zenzi. I think you get, you get so many just great practices, things to think about for companies in general. Again, thank you so much for sharing all this wisdom. Because again, I don't think a lot of people have the experience that you have, which is dealing with Gen Z as they're just really starting to enter the workforce. So super knowledgeable there. I think a lot of people get a lot of value out of that. But Nicole, 
thank you so much for coming on. Uh, oh. Tell the people where can they find out more about you and rewrite the code. Oh my gosh. Yeah. This, this talk went so fast. I had so much fun. I hope I gave all the information you need. Um, I'm sure there's so much, so many things we could talk about. Um, so yeah, so you could find me at rewritingthecode.org. Um, I also um, am a part-time career coach. So if you are entering the workforce and you need some help with like how to organize your job search, how to like define your, your goals and then go after companies that mm. reflect your goals, you can find me at agapetalent.co. So A-G-A-P-E talent.co. And yeah, I don't, I, I'm not on social media, so you're not going to find me there, but you can find me on LinkedIn as well. Beautiful. Nicole, again, thank you so much for coming on. We had a great conversation today. Thank you so much. And to everyone listening, as always, thank you so much. We appreciate you. And until next time.